Okay, this is it. It's strange to be talking to you. I'm Seth. This is Best Since Empire. This is what we sound like. Some of us. Others sound different. And thanks for tuning in. It's the new Boba Fett Star Wars large-size action figure from Kenner. Darth Vader sold separately. Capture them alive! I'm the best bounty hunter in the whole galaxy. That's why you got the job. Boba Fett has a see-through helmet with play rangefinder to locate your objective. You can move his legs, knees, arms, even wrists and elbows. His backpack unit is removable. You have your mission. Good luck. I don't need luck. I'm the best. New Boba Fett Star Wars large-size action figure from Kenner. Darth Vader sold separately. Greetings. Coming to you on tape delay from my basement. This is Seth, as I said before. Seth Blurgowitz. That may not be my exact real name. A.K.A. Lords of the Seth on Twitter. Uh, nice to be talking to you. Best since Empire. Why now? Well, I wanted to do this a couple years ago. But I thought, no way my family will let me get away. To the extent necessary to record and edit this thing down in the recesses of my home, but my wife and I were talking, something came up, everyone's got podcasts now, I mentioned, I kind of want to do a podcast, she said, you should, and that was all I needed. So happy Monday, happy Mother's Day. I have four things on the agenda. First, the old Marvel comics, Star Wars. I own a lot of these, but I can't say I've really read them. And I thought I'd take it upon myself to read one a week and talk about it a little bit. Then, I want to check in with my old friend Will. We go way back. We played in a ska band together. A Star Wars-themed ska band. Well, at least, to a certain extent. We didn't really write songs about Star Wars. But everyone had a Star Wars code name where you would change one of the character names to insert the word ska into it. I was Skan Solo. We'll be speaking with Scalacious Crumb later. I want to give my thoughts on Bad Batch, which started last week. We've got two episodes now. That'll be fun. And then a little chat with my youngest son about what's on his mind regarding Star Wars this week. Let's do it. <laughs> saw one of those deals for Marvel Unlimited where you get a discount if you re-up for a year. So, yeah, I did it. Star Wars number one, adapted by Roy Thomas, drawn by Howard Chaikin. Uh, came out six weeks before the movie, apparently. So this, uh, this is the first issue that's a six-issue adaptation of A New Hope. I'm sure a lot of you have read it. Great cover. Luke. With a red lightsaber, Obi-Wan 2. That becomes a running theme. Howard Chaikin's interesting. I knew Howard Chaikin mostly through uh, American Flag, a comic in the 80s about uh, the United States in the 2030s. 
I had an okay comic collection as a kid. And then my brother-in-law, somehow an abandoned car was on his property that was set to be demolished. And they opened the back trunk and it was full of comic books from like the mid-70s onward. Basically all the X-Men from when the new team came along. And then just a zillion other things. Including American Flag, which was written and drawn by Howard Chaikin. So that's how I got used to his style. Uh, and it's interesting reading these because the DNA is there, but the style isn't fully developed yet. It kind of reminded me of, uh, I got used to Alan Davis, one of my favorite artists, reading Excalibur. And then I went back and read uh, Marvel Man or Miracle Man, which he had done uh, at an earlier date. And you can you can see the same building blocks there, but they haven't quite fully become themselves yet. I just want to say, Early on, instead of the term tractor beam, they used the, the phrase grappling rays, which I really like. Grappling rays. This is kind of like a fever dream version of A New Hope. Wild colors, slight differences. The big scene is here, Biggs and Luke, talking about the rebellion and whatnot, which I like. I understand why it's not in the film. But it bookends nicely with the big scene that they did put back in the film uh, later at Yavin Base. What's most important about this issue is at the Death Star Imperial Conference, while everyone's talking, Vader appears to levitate a beverage through the air into his hand. One, I didn't know that he drank beverages. Two, is this the first instance of the Force as a telekinetic power? It's a subtle bit of business, but seems pretty big, and I wonder whose idea it was. Um, Luke discovers the Leia hologram back at the homestead. I don't know if they had a reference for the hologram. She looks just like a little Leia doll floating in air. And Luke, it's his own idea to remove the restraining bolt. He thinks maybe it will fix the problem with the playback. Anyway, very exciting start to our adventure that ends with the Tusken Raider attacking Luke. No rocking the film back and forth as he brandishes the Gadurfi stick. All in all, the best first issue of an adaptation of A New Hope since The Empire Strikes Back. segment called Journal of the Will, where I call my old friend Will, talk a little Star Wars. I've got a question for him. He's got a question for me. Eh, no big deal. How are, how are you going to introduce? I mean, how, how does this work? Well, I wrote a, I wrote a jingle for it. I was going to call the segment Journal of the Will. Ooh, I like, oh my God, that's great. And it's just sort of like a, a, a an up-tempo version of Yoda's theme that I hope doesn't get flagged for copyright. But um, so I figure I'm, I'm like the home team. So you bat first, right? That's how baseball works. And then I'll bat second. <laughs> Remember when you played softball a few years ago? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we didn't... Yeah. anyway this is a, a, a thanks. A Will. Will is one of my oldest, oldest friends and oldest Star Wars friends. We saw... Um, 
we saw the Phantom Menace together. We did. And uh, midnight. Sp- midnight and a, or it was actually 3 a.m. I think we got in line at midnight. You're right. You're right. You're right. Waited in line for three hours, then went and got breakfast and then went back again at nine in the morning. We watched it again? Yeah, we saw it again the next morning. No, we didn't. Yeah. I, maybe you did. I didn't. <laughs> I've constructed this memory in my mind of you going back. With me. <laughs> I know I saw it the next morning. I thought you did too. Or maybe you, maybe you saw it a little, a little later. Maybe you actually went home and got some sleep. And then we compared notes on the second viewing later. I don't, I don't think I watched it again. That I, did, I did that for um, Attack of the Clones. I watched it with y'all. Maybe, maybe you weren't there, but like, you know, the I missed that one. crew. Yeah. And then like later on that night at like four in the morning, I went and saw it with my high school Star Wars. That's a tough 4 a.m. watch. Yeah. Just because it's so long. Yeah. Is that the still last... the longest Star Wars movie? Last yeah. Jedi might be the longest one. You're asking the wrong guy. I, I don't care about this. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I like you. Um, yeah, shoot. I haven't heard this question, so I don't know what to expect. So uh, uh, give it up. Yeah, okay. Um, let's pretend for a second Yeah. that J.J. Abrams yep. can plan more than 10 minutes into the future. <laughs> What do you that think? he has a sense of object permanence, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you think his plans for uh, the Knights of Ren were? And as a corollary, J.J. Abrams comes to you tomorrow and is like, hey, write, write an EU novel. I guess it's not EU anymore. Write, write a novel about the Knights of Ren. Yeah. What happens? Okay. This is tough because what I figured they were is what I thought then I thought that they were hinting at in eight when Luke alluded to uh, uh, Kylo, a.k.a. Ben, leaving with a handful of his students. I thought that he had sort of also, you know, turned uh, uh, some friends that had become. And uh, did you read the comic that that? that talked about the Knights of Ren where they're basically just sort of like a pre-existing semi-force sensitive biker gang. Uh, yeah. No, I didn't read it. Come on. Of course I didn't read it. Okay. Uh, so maybe this, this question has already been answered. No, well, it kind of has been answered. Um, no, it has been answered, but it doesn't matter. But in trying to think of what JJ was doing, he had every opportunity to follow up with something like that. And then he just made them sort of, because what he ended up doing with them and what they did in the comics, there was no real communication there. It was just publishing, trying to make sense of something. But he, I, so I would have thought the students that Ben left with, but then I guess there's nothing, there's nothing in nine precluding that from having been JJ's answer or thoughts, except that they they're all mute and they don't they aren't really characters. So they're just like those those could have been stormtroopers. Yeah, they're enforcers or or just they're they're just a chip on the board to flip flip sides at a certain point. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I you know, 
that flashback in seven where they appear in the rain i i mean the, the more i read about that i don't think there was <laughs> there's well, no there real thought no oh my god whoa that's that's so impossible the second, the second part of the question is if he if he came came to you yeah came to you but even though they're already dead in nine or if i had to fill in the story there you're you're filling in the story or you yeah. know maybe they're a force ghost so you can't be a force ghost i would have i would have gone i would have gone with the the sort of the the jedi academy chums who kind of knew him better than anyone and maybe had the ability to get under his skin in a way that 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 might have been interesting so you're going for like pre kylo ren turning bad just sort of like hanging out yeah like at the x they're the x-men kind of yeah yeah okay yeah get to know him maybe maybe one of them's a girl and that's crazy <laughs> that definitely would have been a part of it yeah that was a missed <laughs> opportunity um yeah i thought they yeah i thought that they would do that going to the ninth one but it didn't it didn't work out that way but that's fine it's all done yeah now, now we're here what would you have done with them Oh gosh, uh, I hope this isn't my question because I, I I didn't prepare anything for. No, it's the not. Answer. But um, I'd turn it back on you. Um, I don't know. I I guess I'd just like have them just like causing trouble, I'd, like post like between uh, Force Awakens and uh, Rise of Skywalker, just like yeah. them just like causing havoc, and I don't you know because we don't know what they're about like i don't know what their goals are but just like them just like being jerks in yeah. the galaxy yeah did you ever read that unused script the duel of the fates one by colin trevorrow no they're they're in there and they're slightly different they're a bit more fleshed out but oh, that's cool yeah it's is okay he, is, is he the jurassic park guy that like lost the job because he's crazy or something i forget i like that that's the story that trickled down to you i <laughs> i i don't know they say that they just sort of had a difference of, of vision where to go with nine um there's a lot of difference of vision going yeah, on to the Star Wars it's an interesting read it's out there um like aspects of it are better and aspects aren't um very interesting all right you ready for my question yes yes um has your opinion of the prequels changed over the years? Uh, yeah, it has, um, especially after watching the, the sequels. I mean, Which I you are not a fan of. Very much not, uh, not a fan of. I wanted, I wanted you to introduce me on this podcast as a Star Wars apostate. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Star Wars apostate, my friend Will. <laughs> <laughs> um because when the prequels came out like you you know i hated them yeah no we and spent like, six years uh just i mean in subway stations just shaking our heads being why this and why that it was fun yeah and i i was i was madder than than you were uh you were very mad too but like you came around and like that was cool but uh when the the sequels came out I, w I was I was into uh, I was into Force Awakens. Yeah, like I, I watched it and I was like 
Star Wars is back, baby. Like it's kind of like bland, but like it's fun and stuff is happening and it looks very pretty. And yeah. They built some sets. Yeah. I was like, fine, good. And they made sure that we knew that they built some sets. Too. <laughs> and then uh, Last Jedi and especially Rise of Skywalker, Jesus. Is that what led you to reevaluate the your feelings on the originals? Yeah, and I was like, well, not the originals, the, the prequels. Yes, exactly. And uh, and I was like, you know what? I still don't like the prequels, but I like them better than the sequels because they had they had like they were uh, they were a vision like that. That was what George Lucas wanted. Yeah. And I can respect that. Whereas sure. the uh, the sequels were just like, it really feels like they're just checking boxes, man. And they're just, they're just like, I think this is what the fans want. They don't, they like, we gave Chewbacca the medal that he should have got. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. What do you want? Just tell me what you want and we'll do it. You didn't feel like eight was a was a singular vision of somebody's. Uh, you know what? Yeah, yeah, it was. I just didn't like the vision. That's fair. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so yes, I have uh, reevaluated um, the prequels. I watched them with uh, my girlfriend uh, like five years ago, mm-hmm. and she ha- she was like, "These are fine." It was the first time she'd seen them. She, yeah, she had never seen a Star Wars. We saw, uh, um, you know, the first sequel uh, oh, together. Okay, and then went back. And then went back. Did you go seven, four, five, six, one, two, three? Gosh, I don't even remember. I know it's a long time ago. Uh, seven was first. I think we did seven. Four, five, one, two, three. Yeah, hmm. like we we had talked about the four, five, uh, one, two, three, six mm-hmm. order uh, a long time ago. So mm-hmm. that's what I tried to do, but like we ended up doing seven first, and, mm-hmm. and so she was like, "Oh, one, four, five, really fun." Then we bet, went back and to one, two, and she was like, "Oh, okay." And then like you know, <laughs> after every prequel, I'd be like. Oh my god, that was so painful, and I would just like complain about it. And she was like, "I mean, you're right. Like, I was, <laughs> I was trying to be nice. Like, I thought you liked this stuff." <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, in short, given the choice between watching a sequel and a prequel, I'd take prequel. Fascinating. Yeah, I appreciate them. Uh, uh, what changed for me, not that uh, anybody asked, but I see I like the Disney movies and it took the pressure off the prequels to entertain me. Like at a certain point, there was <clears throat> six movies and I liked about two and a half of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then as they kept adding entries that, that I connected with, sort of the, the pressure for the prequels to be entertaining was off and I could sort of get into them in a design sense and and in just a, a George being himself sense. Yeah. And the macro story. Yeah. It's interesting. 
they're I feel like they're undergoing a big renaissance now. And uh a lot of it is authentic. People who grew up at that time, uh uh just having a voice now. And some of it is people uh angry at Disney who were using it as a sledgehammer. <laughs> My youngest loves it. His favorites are one, two, three, he says. Hmm. One, two, three, and nine, he said today. What Confusing, mean? right? What is... is he, he's four? He's five? Five, yeah. All right. I can't see the through line of that. He says he likes the, the battles at the end. I think all the parts that, that might be trying or dull or overlong or talky just sort of fall by the wayside and he remembers the lightsaber fight at the end of one the battle uh, of geonosis and the the mustafar duel and you get a lot of you get a lot of stuff in nine you get babu frick yeah. big babu frick fans <laughs> in this family yeah i mean that's probably the best thing in the sequels for me yeah but like uh just in nine it's just like yeah just like if you like star wars here's everything in star wars <laughs> really fast in succession whether or not it's already been done yeah. yeah good stuff um did you watch bad batch that new show this is not your question your question's over uh uh no i i didn't know it was out yet um did you watch season seven of clone wars I did not. All right, that's all waiting for you on Disney Plus. Um, yeah, I have I have our mutual friend Kaz's uh, Disney Plus sign in mm. that I've uh, been watching uh, Mandalorian and and the the Marvel shows, the WandaVisions. Oh, I like uh, the Marvel shows; they're fun. The Falcon. Yeah. Uh, did you get through Mandalorian season two? Yes. Yes. Um, what do you think? I like it less than season one. Me too. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. Why? Uh, a, lot, a lot of continuity. Continuity? continuity. Okay, this is a complaint I haven't heard. <clears throat> the fun thing about, you know, as an apostate, uh, I loved The Mandalorian because it was just like, every week I can, I can tune in. Yeah. And just watch an adventure. Yeah. Like a fun adventure. Like that's Star Wars. Like, and he's going to places where, like, he goes to Tatooine like five times, like, whatever. Uh, but every time it's just like these one and done fun things. Yeah. That I really just, that's, you know, uh, there's an interview with Mark Hamill uh, shortly before the release of Empire Strikes Back where he talks about like yeah he's like yeah empire strikes back it's all new it's like james bond it's like they're on a totally new adventure and it's such a weird thing for him to say that because it like very much is not like james bond because james yeah. bond like every time like he you know he had sex with two women and he killed the bad guy and like it's fine and star wars like very much is like a, a saga with, yeah you know connecting stories I don't know where why Mark Hamill <laughs> said that, but he said it. And uh, but like, that's what I liked about the Mandalorian. Uh, it was just like, yeah, 
I can get in, I can get out. And then in season two, like you get like, like Starbuck shows up and she's like from the cartoon or something. <laughs> and Ahsoka Town, and she's there and Boba Fett shows up. And it's like, the Mandalorian is Boba Fett. Yeah, it's a bit like, redundant. In the popular, like I, like I talk to people about the Mandalorian and they're like, is the Mandalorian Boba Fett? Like most people think the Mandalorian is Boba Fett or they thought that before Boba Fett showed up. Yes, wow. And there's really? no reason they shouldn't think that because he looks like Boba Fett. He's in a Boba Fett outfit and he's a bounty hunter. Yeah, but ever since 2002, we know that Boba Fett has a New Zealand accent. Oh my God. <laughs> no. <laughs> no one is thinking that, man. They're just like, oh yeah, he's this is a guy in a cool outfit and he goes on cool adventures and he looks like Boba Fett. So he's uh, Boba Fett. I what I found with two, I mean that show is every episode um is kind of largely the product of I feel like whatever team is on that given episode. So I just found each episode wildly different. I really liked the Ahsoka episode. I thought it kind of had sort of a, a Kurosawa Avatar The Last Airbender vibe that I dug. And the Frog Lady one early on, the the um Oh yeah. The Peyton Reed one I liked also. Oh that was Peyton Reed? Yeah. And then Peyton Reed guy, did the finale. That, that guy uh, that guy always kills it. <laughs> I love an, everything that guy does. Including the Ant Man movies? Ant Man's my favorite Marvel movie. I mean, that's a good choice. I mean, Come at me, loser. <laughs> I largely agree. I think Paul Rudd being in the MCU is just—I mean, it's—it's it's, my cup runneth over. He's so good. Um, but I didn't like that last episode. Luke showing up, looking very artificial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I'm talking about. I mean, uh... it's a lot of cameos. Season two. Yeah, the condo and a lot of just, uh, yeah, just like yeah. I just want like simple fun adventures, and they're trying to like really weave it into everything. The worst example of that in Star Wars continuity is the end of Solo, where Darth Maul is like mm. the head of like the mm. gangster thing. He's like, oh, come visit me on Dathomir or whatever. That's right, and it's like. Ugh. It's, this isn't what I want, man. Like, I, I get you're trying to ape the MCU, but, like, let let the past die. <laughs> if, they'd, if they'd followed up on it, though, I bet it would have felt better. Well, I guess... I, I mean, I'm intrigued by the, the Kira uh, crime syndicate sequel that will never get made. Uh, I remember after Solo came out, you... I think you texted me and said it was the it was the the best one since Return of the Jedi. Do you still feel that way? Yes, I do still feel that way, and I'll yeah. tell you why. Why? There were characters that I liked, mm -hmm. and there were scenes that I liked. That's novel. That's it. <laughs> My standards are so low. I do not like Solo. <laughs> uh, overall, I think it's a pretty bad movie uh but uh but there's something there, were, there. You can... there were parts that i enjoyed interesting and yeah. i i am curious 
I am curious whether I like the uh, Chris Miller. Is it Chris Miller? That he's the drummer in our old band. Exactly. <laughs> there is a Miller. There's there's a, a Lord and a Miller. Philip Lord and Christopher Miller, or is it Christopher Lord and Philip Miller? It's yeah. a Philip Morris and Bar it's Barney Miller. And <laughs> I'm curious which parts uh, oh, they yeah. like. Yeah, who, who's like responsible who, for what you like? Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know. And I there, mean, are parts, always... there are parts where I'm like, that is definitely Miller Lord. Mm, mm. Like when Lando is like sitting in the cockpit of Millennium Falcon and talking about the Lando novels. Yes. That is definitely Miller Lord. But what if it's not? I feel like I looked into some of this and it was it was never quite what I thought it was. I always want to ascribe the things I don't, I don't, I don't really have a preference, I guess, Lord Miller over Ron Howard. I kind of think they should have just went with what they had and, and let it ride. I mean, I feel like they conscripted Lord and Miller because they like wanted that kineticism and wit. And then halfway through, they were like, no, we just want a hack to film uh, <laughs> Lawrence Kasdan's script pretty much yeah. as written. Yeah. Um, and I, I would go with option one, although I really like Solo quite a bit. Um, Will, thanks for chatting Star Wars with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. I would you would you do it again if I called you again? I I I demand that you call me again, and I, and I will do it again. Yeah. Let's talk Bad Batch. Bad Batch. Hunter. Bad Batch. Listen, I was surprised as anyone when the show started and that theme song played. I thought they'd go with something a little more orchestral, a little more majestic. I know what you're thinking, Kiner. First episode. We see Clone Force 99 coming to the assistance of Master Dippa Balaba and her Padawan, Caleb Doom, voiced by Freddie Prince Jr. Not quite sounding 15, but that's fine. Nice to hear him. Rucker plays some physics games with Separatist tanks. I really like when they simulate like a shallow depth of field. So they're focusing on a character and everything in the foreground is out of focus, blurry. I don't know how long they've been doing that. Maybe that's been in their arsenal for a while. But I kept noticing it in this. Looks really good. Tarkins hanging around with the Kaminoans, being a sourpuss. Sends them to Onderon. Onderon, when you hear that word, my sawdar goes off. And sure enough, he's there. Some pretty spectacular hair. Is this the old voice actor? I should look that up. Uh, obviously, it wasn't uh, Forrest. The day of old days. Yeah, I looked it up. Andrew Cascino. Okay, that's awesome. Obviously, the breakout star is Omega. She's the talk of the town. I'll admit, I had some hopes that Omega was kind of like a little Lord Fauntleroy Sheev clone and that we were somehow tying this into the sequel trilogy and Ray's parents when I say it out loud it's a little embarrassing but alright that's out the window Omega is her own person or a, what they call a defective female Django clone it seems why defective? strange terminology um love the way she says tech Geek. second episode uh, a lot of congruencies with 
the fourth episode of Mandalorian season one. Interesting how that happens. Like, I thought there was a lot of solo stuff in the Martez arc in Clone Wars season seven. Um, as far as the details of the smuggling and what went wrong. And then, of course, in the Ahsoka arc, the last one, uh, her trying to pull that ship back in the hangar reminded me of Rey from everyone's favorite Star Wars movie, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, I had some logic issues with uh, uh, the second episode, Cut and Run. Cut gave a, a fairly reasonable explanation as to why he didn't feel comfortable taking his family and just accepting a ride from Hunter and company off the planet that they were wanted men and it would endanger his family. But once the chain codes were introduced and that whole Mishigas, that was so fraught, I wasn't sure why you then wouldn't chance it with Hunter and hitch that ride after all. Not a big deal. And then at the spaceport, they made a point of saying that if a firefight were to break out, they would lock down the whole spaceport and ruin their chances of getting on that shuttle. And then when it does, they don't, which I thought was a little strange. Anyway, cool to get this background on chain codes, which for some reason through Mandalorian, it didn't hit me that this is more like a, a mandatory social security number they're issuing. Fairly simple. And not to get too spoilery uh, about Victory's Price, the Alexander Freed uh, novel. Um, but it reminded me of some of the things that you find that the Empire was trying to achieve and track. And the means by which they may have done that. Anyway, I love the milieu, the dawn of empire. The Ahsoka arc in Clone Wars, uh, The Wrong Jedi, has such great like visual cues about how much that martial sensibility uh, had seeped in when she's fleeing the tribunal and just how imposing and awful everything looks and threatening. And uh, this is sort of that sensibility just cast out everywhere across the galaxy. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so if I had to uh, slap a review on this, I'd say the best first two animated Star Wars episodes since The Empire Strikes Back. Our time is nearing to a close. I can feel it. The first, I want to check in with my youngest. The youngling of the family, one of two, in a segment called Liam the Shades. Thanks for coming on my show and talking to me. Um. Uh, anything on your mind as far as Star Wars? Uh, yeah. What What have you been thinking about? Um. Well, Luke used to be a Jedi, but then he, but then he, I mean, Luke used to be like, um, not a Jedi, but then um, Ben Solo um like taught him how how to like train for the Force. Um, you mean? And, do you mean Ben Kenobi? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and um, he also lied 
Ben Kenobi lied? Yeah. What did he lie about? Um, about Darth Vader being defeated by Darth, I mean, I mean, Anakin being um defeated by Darth Vader. He stretched the truth a bit, didn't he? Why do you think he did that? Um, because Luke may be, like, a little bit, like, sad. Like, Luke wouldn't have been ready to to know that Darth Vader was his dad at that point. It would have been too much too soon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what were we, last night we were reading a book, and what were we talking about? How How good guys keep training bad guys? Um, um, it was, like, um, book... Uh, one. The Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um. And we were talking about the the chain of masters and apprentices. So there was Anakin, and who taught Anakin? Um, uh, what's the name again? Obi Wan. Uh, Obi Wan taught Anakin. And, and who taught Obi Wan? Um. Uh, Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah, and who taught Qui Gon Jinn? Did you find out last night? Hmm. Count Dooku. Isn't that right? Yeah. And, and, who, and, and, and nobody knows um, who trained Yoda. I don't know if anyone knows. It happened so many... You know why? Because Yoda's 900 years old. Yeah, and nobody knows why. Did you know Did you know that Yoda was 900 years old? Yes. How do you know that? Well, we already figured out how what, what Grogu's name is. Grogu, who's, who's 50. He's a baby, but he's 50. How does he look so small? And then he's like, um, like 50. Why do they call him Baby Yoda, even though he's not a baby? He's 50. He is a baby. They just, they live so long that they have an extended uh, uh, childhood. It takes a long time to, for them to become an adult. Do you know how old Chewbacca is? Who? Chewbacca. No, how old is he? I think by by the last movie he's like two hundred. Um. Do you remember? Do you remember when when Ray thought that she blew up Chewbacca in Episode Nine? Yeah. What did you think of that? Uh, when I, when when I watched um it when I was first like I I thought um like she actually blew him up. And how did you feel? Like a little bit like. Uh, and then, and then, how long, how long did it take before you found out that he that he was okay? Uh, like one hour. <laughs> did it feel like an hour? Yeah. In the movie, it's like two minutes. I uh, think I think you were worried. I remember when we saw it. I felt like you were worried because you kept asking me about him. And now, can you um um return some of your Star Wars toys since we have like a billion? You want me to return some of my Star Wars toys? Yeah. Which ones? But not the cool, um, just, just like some of the dumb ones. Which ones do you consider the dumb, the dumb ones? Um, like that C-3PO with only wires, because now we have the C-3PO who's golden. Oh. So the episode one C-3PO before he gets his coverings? Yeah. I, I see, I like to know what he looked like at the beginning and have the one where he has his coverings. Well, well, I want you to throw um the one out um who has um not the coverings. Really? Mhm. Okay. I mean, I won't throw them out, but it's it's good to know that you you feel this way. Um. Well, I I really want to thank you for coming on my podcast. I love talking to you about Star Wars. Just real real quick, what right now? What's your favorite Star Wars movie? Um. 
two, um, one, two, three. One, two, three? Mm-hmm. What about them? Um, I like the lava battle. Yep. And the arena battle. Yep. And, um, the Darth Maul battle. All the fights at the end of those movies. Yeah. They're pretty good, aren't they? And I also like, um, nine. You like nine, too? Yeah, because, um, I like the long battles of yeah. movies. Yeah, I hear you. Thank you so much. It's great talking to you. Can we do this again next week? Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. That's all we have this week for our inaugural journey on Best Sense Empire. I want to thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter just about every day at Lords of the Seth and follow Best Sense Empire for episode updates. Oh, but before we go, the Black Series Ben Solo update. Has a Black Series Ben Solo figure been announced? Oh, well, maybe next time. What? What? What?